Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're really excited to have Riley and Bethany back on the show. Riley, Bethany, welcome back. Hi, hi. Thanks for having us. Yes, indeed. Glad to be back on. It's it's like old times. It is. Mm-hmm. Watching Clone Wars, recording again. Wow. It is, isn't it no, crazy to have Clone Wars back and now sadly gone? But I don't think it's back anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was back for that one episode. Fun. It yeah. was fun, guys. Good times. Well, fun fact, uh, Ion Cannon, or as it was previously known, We Talk Clones, was the the second podcast episode, episode, episode that I had ever done, ever. And here wow, I am. Oh, I forgot about back that. Back at the end of Clone Wars. Look at that. Crazy. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, we launched the career of the one and only Riley. <laughs> Wouldn't have happened without us. You know, that's uh, actually true. You're full say there because you may be taking credit for things that you'll regret at some point in your career. <laughs> That's uh, true. When I inevitably go down, I'm, I'm taking you guys with me. Hey. Um, oh. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm excited to talk uh, talk Clone Wars again. Um, I guess probably for the last time. Maybe? Question mark? I, I, oh, probably I, pretty I definitively. Have, yeah, I, yeah, I have a feeling this is this is it. There's There's nowhere they can go with this at all. Well, even yeah. more, even more so than that. Like at the screening we went to for the Bad Batch, Dave Filoni told me, like, you know, he he said that it's not the same without George, and he doesn't know mm-hmm. if he could do anymore. He did this. He did these last twelve episodes as to like fulfill a promise to the fans and to George and finish out the story. But it was really hard not doing it without George and the rest of the crew that originally worked on the series. And he doesn't know if he could do anymore. We might get other stories with the characters, but I, I, this is the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, and it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, we know it's the end of the Clone Wars. Then the Empire rises up, and then you get Rebels and like the Galactic Civil War. We know history, William. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm actually curious before we dive into the episode itself, um, what both of your thoughts are on this arc so far and the and the season. Riley, yeah. let's start with you. Oh, I was gonna say uh, well, that's kind of you. I was about to say uh, vice versa. Look, no, no, you go. <laughs> No, you. Um, no, you go first. <laughs> I mean, so the my first instinct with, with the first episode of the arc, it was just a sigh of relief because uh, the uh, Martez sister arc ha- was, I think, a an unfortunate detour that reminded me of a lot of my um, l- like the decent but not great episodes of Clone Wars, and it's and it's hard to watch after all this time and excitement and hype. Um, that well, four of the final twelve episodes weren't really my cup of tea. So that I, I'm not not to be too negative, but I just like coming into this arc. It was sort of just a survival. But yes, this arc is what is set to wrap it up. And 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 by the time, and I think it's really the close tie-in with Revenge of the Sith that was most impactful um, for me. Was was how well 
they threaded the needle. Um, I, I have my own, uh, you know, uh, gripes and complaints, as I'm sure we all do as as fans. But I think, largely speaking, it's a it's a satisfying ending that I'm so glad we had the opportunity to to get. Totally, Bethany, your yeah. thoughts. Um, it was honestly a little strange at first watching another season of the Clone Wars. And then I have to echo Riley's thoughts with the um, sisters arc, because even though I really enjoyed parts of it, it felt rather odd after leaving Ahsoka behind and like her not being a Jedi anymore. And, and some of these other really impactful recent arcs from season five and season six. Uh, and so when we did get to the final arc, who boy, I, I was not emotionally prepared. There might have been wine involved. There might have been tears involved. Um, it, it, it was a lot. It, it, uh, uh, like there I was May 4th, Star Wars day. And I was both really excited and really dreading the final episode. Um, and, and that also, by the way, is the day that, uh, I started my application process for the Space Force. And so oh, it was it was a very Nerd. odd day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's yes. quite a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely I think you said it right. It's it's bittersweet because you know, it, on the one hand it's it's so nice to get these episodes and 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 finish up the story, but it is sad that we're kind of going through an end again, you know. I guess you could say the third end in some ways, the first time we weren't expecting it to be the end until a week later. And they're like, Oh, by the way, that, well, that was the end. Uh, mm. <laughs> we're like what? And then the second time was when they got the lost missions and we thought, well, it's not really the end, but it's better than we could get otherwise. Mm. And then this time it actually, they, they, they finished it off perfectly. You know? And, and yeah. I think the best thing about yeah. it was Dave was able to tell the story that he wanted to say, and he ended it the way he wanted to, he wanted it to. Yeah. And he stuck the landing like you wouldn't believe. No, oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, but agree. before we get into too much details about the episode, real briefly, we actually have a pretty exciting announcement that came on May the fourth. Taika Waititi is co-writing and directing a new Star Wars film uh, for theatrical release. So we thought, you know, they would change their 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 focus uh, exclusively to the shows. Nope, they are definitely still working on. Uh, the films we don't have a, a release date obviously don't know what the story is going to be about but i really enjoyed Taika waititi's uh episode of the mandalorian mm. um he, he directed the the season finale um and so i'm very very excited to see what he comes up with with uh, uh christy wilson cairns uh who is co-writing it with him what do you, what do you guys think of this I'm looking forward to it, and the reason why is because since he worked on The Mandalorian and with John Favreau with Dave Filoni, I have faith in this because he actually has people he can go to and ask for advice, especially when it comes to Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. And they so, work together. I, go ahead, Stephen. I was gonna, like, I always look at Thor Ragnarok as like that's the, the main film of his that I've seen, and it's one of those things where like if you look at the first two Thor movies and the third, he managed to pull off a 
very well done like tonal shift of of like at that point already a very well established character and turned it into a really I think compelling movie and story and that's I look forward to see what he can do in the same vein in the Star Wars universe really mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in addition to that, we can see his ability to approach the, like, directing the tone, if you will, of an episode or movie in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like, that episode was a brilliant episode. And I remember just being on the edge of my seat the entire episode. Yeah, and, and if you watch Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, they do go behind the scenes and interview the directors. And at the time, like we didn't, uh, uh, you know, it was either the, it was a day his his directing uh, uh, gig was announced. But you know, at least when they were filming it, like they did, there was no news that he would be um, that he would be directing. And he does talk about in the in the series how you know he he's really glad to have Dave Filoni there, who can kind of like. You know, he can kind of bounce ideas off of him, and in some cases, rein him in because he, in case he gets a little too funny, and they how they're like a good pair together. And I'm, I'm sure, given the fact they worked together on the Mandalorian and how much he appreciated Dave Filoni working with him on the Mandalorian, I'm sure he would talk to Dave about the 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 movie as well. So I have I have no doubts. I know some people are a little worried about him going too funny and over the top, but I, I well, think. I- I feel like you're also totally right in terms of the consulting because um, while while it might be a small thing, but the fact that the dark saber is in that episode brought me so much joy, mm-hmm. and and I feel like somewhere Dave Filoni's fingerprints were all over that, like mm-hmm. all over it. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah. and that's an actual that's an actual dark saber they made. I mean, that was not that was an actual prop. How cool is that? It was very cool. It was very cool. Uh, and then uh, in other news, we are getting a fourth live action series. Uh, in addition to the Mandalorian, the upcoming Cassian Andor series and the Kenobi series, we, they just announced a new um, untitled series with uh, really no details uh, being um, uh, headed by Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll. So not a lot of details there, but they did confirm the the rumors from a couple weeks ago. And she'll be the the showrunner. So we'll see. Lots. It's it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. A lot of content coming to Disney Plus yeah. and the feature. But first, now let's. Now you know what, William. I'm not ready. Let's just. Uh. We'll do well, it wait next a minute. Week. We'll wait do it you're next not, week. Okay? You're not ready. I'm the guy that's doing the episode rundown. Do you think I'm ready to sit here and say the episode rundown? I mean, yeah. fine. After 12 years, the the series that started this podcast is coming to an end. Tom, <sighs> take us away. So tonight we're going to be talking about The Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 12, Victory and Death. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Dave Filoni. <clears throat> In this episode, Ahsoka and Rex must use their wits and skills to survive the turbulent end of The Clone Wars. That sums up an awful lot of the episode because, man, it was turbulent. It was suspenseful. It was thrilling, which suspenseful and thrilling are probably the same words. But I just, I've watched it, I think, more than the other episodes combined already. 
It's a heck of a heck of a way to end the show. I also appreciate the wordplay uh, in that in that synopsis. How having seen the uh, the full episode and and how like there's a you know a lot of uh, action in the sky. It's uh, fairly turbulent. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's, it's well done. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, like well, I, I think I think the best part about the episode it literally picks up where we left off in the last episode where you had Rex and Ahsoka in the med bay and they needed to figure out how they were going to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And we got some very almost haunting music reminiscent of Qui-Gon and Padme's funerals at the beginning. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. Very, very different than we've seen in, in the show in the past. Yeah. And it- the one, and the one thing I really appreciate about this is Ahsoka did not want to do any real damage to the clones. She sat there and asked Rex, which you could tell he was very hesitant because he even told her they're going to kill you, but she wanted him to use his blasters on stun because she was not about to kill any of them. I I appreciated the sentiment, though it's a little bit undercut by the fact that she's also the one who let Maul out. And Maul very much did not have <laughs> any uh, hesitation, let's say, in ensuring that any clones that happened to get in his way would not uh, stay in his way. But I think from her point of view, she she couldn't do it because remember, very, very much later in the episode, she sat there and told Rex, they are good soldiers. They basically were only doing their job, just like he was. And she was not going to do anything to harm them. Yeah, what I actually found most fascinating is the fact that Rex seemed less concerned about killing the clones like he had Ahsoka told him to put the blaster on stun Ahsoka you know repeatedly said we shouldn't kill we shouldn't you know like we don't I don't want to kill him and at one point he's even like I hate to tell you but like they're gonna kill you so you know uh, and that that was that was I think the most surprising thing because I wasn't really expecting that um what what Uh, do you think I, I would hesitate to say that Rex was okay with it though like the scene where Ahsoka removes his helmet is just heart wrenching. Because yes, Rex is is more okay with it than Ahsoka is, but in no way is he anywhere close to okay with it. I think he just doesn't see any other options, and he just he needs he wants to do what he thinks is best. Well, I also think that Ahsoka is coming at this from the perspective of questioning the Jedi's more recent role as warriors and generals. And she's hearkening back a bit to what is the Jedi's purpose? It's to help the people help the people. And that's what she's been foot stomping for several episodes and was learning from in the sister's arc, whereas Rex was born, raised in, read for and taught and lived war his entire life. So, and she, she even tells him that the, the purpose of the clones being soldiers, that they are good soldiers and they're, they're doing not just what they know and what they've been taught, but, but what the inhibitor chips are having them do. So I, I think she's drawing on the peacekeeping side of, what being a Jedi would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Rex is drawing on the only thing that he knows, which is war. Yeah, and I guess in this case, 
the the enemy has become his brothers. Yeah. Or his brothers become the enemy. Yeah. It, it is it is a very heartbreaking heartbreaking moment. And as you said, Stephen, the the animation of like the emotion on Rex's face and the tear like you know, going down his his cheek, it's it's some of the best animation they've done. And you can really see the pain on their face. And what also helped in that scene, and I know we jumped so far ahead, but it was the acting of Ashley Eckstein getting that emotion through on Ahsoka and making you basically believe it. And by doing that, that actually was making him realize that she's right. And that's why he was breaking down because, you know, it, it, that whole scene worked on so many levels. D. Bradley Baker did the exact same thing when it came to Rex. Ashley did the same thing when it came to Ahsoka. The voice acting in that and the animation in that was just superb to make that scene so heart-wrenching. Especially hey. when she took the helmet off. I mean, I'm sorry to cut, but how, how she sat there and took the helmet off was just like admitting that it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Take that off for a minute and realize you're not a soldier this is an emotion that's getting to you right now. Oh, it's a just. We've, I mean, we, I've, we've said this before, but like they, especially for these last couple of episodes, they elevated the animation. They brought the dialogue and the script to another level. They brought the voice acting to another. Like they, like legitimately, are firing on all cylinders coming into this finale, and then the finale just continues it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Riley, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I there's something about having it center on Ahsoka and Rex. I think are the greatest strengths and weaknesses of the episode because I think, ironically, Dave was faced with the same problem George Lucas was famously faced when um, writing Episode Three. There are all these characters competing for screen time. That was the mm-hmm. famous quote of George about about. Um, the about revenge of the sith and uh i th- i think overall he made the right decision to have it center on ahsoka and rex because that's why you get these emotional um moments that that mean a lot but um for for me i don't know the the conflict i think the one thing i i kind of really wish that i had seen personified more that i think was the missed opportunity and I, and again i don't want to be too negative but i think that's you guys are right on track but i just i found myself watching the episode really missing the um opportunity to have a much more personal confrontation between rex and uh jesse Mm -hmm. or even before i saw the episode possibly rex and cody that would kind of personify the difference of rex who would um you know break break away and not Mm -hmm. follow order 66 versus the the other clones and i i I was sad that that was kind of glossed over and and in in favor of um ahsoka's moment to shine and unlike every single other jedi in order 66 she was able to sense it and be effective enough to um fend fend off the clones Mm -hmm. as as she's attacked so uh, that i think was um, a loss that could have uh, punched a little harder, but I think it's the cost of having so much competing for screen time. Which, if oh man, if this were an eight-episode-long arc, 
that got a little bit more into Maul's mm. um, obsession and escape into the underworld mm-hmm. and opened up that for future storytelling or the son of, son of Dathomir story, but more in animated form. I, I, I it's just it, that that's where I think it was. Um, this was a a limited uh, fine dining treat. But man, I was hungry for the Clone Wars buffet. <laughs> it is interesting to think about how this would have been received, uh, you know, what, I forgot, eight years ago now, whatever yeah, it was. The actual, yeah, if they actually ended it this way eight years like, ago, yeah. Because yeah. to Riley's point, it's interesting to think about, like, we, part of the reason I don't leave it feeling quite as hungry, to use your analogy, is like, oh man, Rex and Ahsoka got away. Well, I know what happens to them, so... It's not like I have to wait to find out. Mm-hmm. Whereas, think about like, so the loose ends aren't quite as loose because it's like, oh, yeah, we, they could have shown more, but we know what comes after. So we can, we can, the, I'm, I don't know how to draw, I'm drawing an air. You can see it, right? It's like, we can trace yeah. my off from this point to this point on the graph or on the map, mm-hmm. whatever. It's a, it's not a very long line. Um, so it's okay if we didn't get quite as much closure as maybe we would have liked. Uh, if this had aired eight years ago, like, my goodness, can you imagine going like, guys, what just happened? Darth yeah. Maul survived Order 66. <laughs> there would have been a meltdown, like yeah. an internet-wide yeah, there hysterical been. meltdown, which would like, have been epic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I like, think... this ruins episode four. Where was Maul and Darth? Like, no, like, guys, don't worry. Dave mm. clearly had a plan, and we just saw it. Actually, maybe I take that. I take it all back. This, in true Star Wars fashion... Of course, we didn't get the full story in order. We got the <laughs> right. beginning yeah. and the end. Now we get told the middle. So, like, maybe I shouldn't be nearly as surprised. Maybe Dave always intended it to be yeah. as weird ordering. But you, um, you are you are right, though. It's fascinating to think about. Like, had the show ended with, you know, Maul alive, Ahsoka alive, Rex alive, but very open-ended, um, everyone would have, like, freaked out what what does this mean what happens what's their future the fact that we've seen rebels makes them i think allows them some flexibility in how they Mm -hmm. they end the series um do you think they would they change this episode and how it ended based on uh, sorry more obviously they made some changes but in terms of overarching story broad strokes did they change it Oh yeah, yeah. I I think they would have to. They they the probably act. had to mix them. Dude, it's the last act. The the la- the final, um, which we're going to talk about more later. But the 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 last act was purely something that turns the series towards the original trilogy and and towards rebels, mm-hmm. in, in the way that we see uh, Vader in the final scenes. And I think that's that's the it, for us who've seen Vader confront Ahsoka. It's it's meaningful, but I, I can't help. Mm. I was watching. Uh, I was watching it with Savannah, and mm. at the end, she was like, "Wait, what? So just everybody escaped? What what happens?" Because she hasn't seen Rebels, and I think yeah. that's a lot of. Uh, I I think uh, we shouldn't take it for granted that Rebels is deeply connected to this for people who are discovering Clone Wars for the first time on yeah. on Disney Plus. So, yeah, I, I was I was watching. Uh, my girlfriend hasn't seen. Uh, rebels yet or hadn't seen rebels since then i've introduced her to the first couple episodes and she was like wait she's like i i enjoyed it uh she, she said she really enjoyed the episode but she was very surprised that they survived and was almost kind of confused S- like savannah savannah was waiting for the death nail now yeah. 
She's like, wow. wait, I thought they're going to die. Like, yeah, same. So nothing <laughs> happened. Uh, she was a little underwhelmed. <laughs> so let me ask. Wow. Like, for both of you, like, were there reactions or expectations then? Something, and like, I'm, I'm guessing a little bit. Uh-huh. But, like, I could picture that as being, that, that scene, not knowing about Rebels, is a tease towards something probably closer to, uh, oh, the next series is Darth Vader hunts down Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or something yeah. with Darth with Darth Maul. Uh, what well, no, I mean, the final yeah. scene of Vader. I like. I think it's very no. clearly. Yeah, but when so, Darth Maul escaped. So I was watching um, this episode with my significant other, and he has not seen the Clone Wars either, mm. and oh. or excuse me, he hasn't seen Rebels either. But he follows like Star Wars and Disney movies news quite closely so he'd already seen the announcement about the mandalorian ah so he knew that Ah. ahsoka survived and i think that the episode held a lot more meaning for him because he wasn't sitting on the edge of his seat waiting for her to die Mm -hmm. um he was sitting on the edge of the seat knowing that she and rex were going to go through a significant amount of pain mm-hmm. and that it was going to be very difficult to watch. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a difficult to watch episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think because he wasn't waiting for all of them to die, yeah. then it, I, I think it, for us, it would have been like if we all went into rogue one <laughs> and most of us who are significant star Wars fans expected a number of people in rogue one to die. If not, mm-hmm most of them right. or all of them. Right. And then none of them died. And we were just like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gonna, that would have been confusing. I want to throw this out just really quickly. I think this will be the last Riley. Oh, but I wanted to see this complaint <laughs> because I, I always hate that. I hate myself right now. I hate to be the guy. Who's no, like, no, no, no. It, it, I wanted to see. Right, but I think you can, better. I hate you too. Okay. You can <laughs> enjoy it and still kind still of like wish you. there was more. <laughs> Sorry. I just, Riley yeah. set it up, and I just didn't. I it's felt fair. like I had to. I started. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so no, Riley. Good. I understand your point, but I actually I don't agree with your point of Rex not having a moment to shine. I think the moment between him and Ahsoka was his moment. He knew that that nothing that he was going to say would have any impact because he himself. He held off momentarily from following Order 66 when he was trembling and his blasters were shaking. But then the the inhibitor chip kicked in and he couldn't resist it. It had to be removed from him. And so I think he had already accepted that there was nothing he could say or do. And he just had to wade through his brothers to survive and for Ahsoka to survive. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, but yeah. I, and I think it, that's the moment. But what the the problem is, is, we we were he tells us that it's dialogue on screen. It's not an a, an emotional moment where you see it on screen, and I think that's something that um that that it's the the sort of implicit where, uh, and I think that, that that's kind of what I was leading up to, Bethany, because it, it's it's right, very adjacent to that where with Ahsoka and Vader, they never ever cross paths again and and going back to the clone wars movie guys 2008 mm-hmm. the, this is when the series introduced 
the very controversial idea that Anakin had a Padawan. And in the movie, Yoda, as if talking to Star Wars fandom, said that there's a reason that Anakin should have a Padawan. And ever since that film came out, if we ever coincided with the timeline of the events of Revenge of the Sith, and I think, frankly, looking at the way George and Dave Filoni we're building out Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship through the whole series. It's the main thrust of the series is Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, they were building towards the, uh, a confrontation in the Revenge of the Sith timeline. And the fact, and, and I was a little heartbroken, guys, that we didn't get to see the glimmer of light that they're still good at Anakin. Because in Revenge of the Sith, we're left to take uh, Padme's word for it. And if you've seen the original trilogy, you know what she's saying is true. But man, for the kids growing up watching the Clone Wars and see, seeing Anakin fall, if, if we got that glimmer of there's still good in him in a moment where Vader is unwilling to fully carry out his new master's order because of, of his relationship with uh, Ahsoka, mm-hmm. I think that that is just probably the biggest missed opportunity. And I promise that's the last, like, hey, this is this is a missing piece. But the, the, I feel like the whole episode was leading up to it with the way the first episode of the arc opened with Anakin, the hero without fear. Mm-hmm. And it, I was just, the fact that they never crossed paths was a little heartbreaking in this, in this arc. So this may be... Uh, I'm going to look to actually all of you because I, I feel like this was at a celebration and I don't quite remember it. But I, I swear I remember Dave Filoni talking about exactly what you're describing and basically saying that the most important part or the less, maybe it's the lesson to take away or something along those lines was that Ahsoka could never have brought out that light in Anakin. Like that's, it's in some ways the tragedy of Ahsoka is that she could she could never be that person. We know that Luke is the only one who ever had a chance and ended up making Vader reconsider his choice. And everyone else is uh, fuel for the machine of hate that is Darth Vader. I, I swear I remember him saying, saying that somewhere, but I don't remember where it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Because like to me, that seemed to be the point of George and then Dave Filoni bringing her on as a character. Yeah, I think, well, so I think, yeah, I, I think you're both right. Uh, so I do remember Dave saying that. Um, I don't remember exactly which cool. celebration, Not but crazy. Yeah, it I does. Do, it does sound familiar. I will say it does sound familiar. If Dave talking about Ahsoka isn't the new Luke, who's going to redeem Anakin. Right. I do remember that. I, just, I think it was a celebration. Yeah. And I, and I think the, 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 the thing about Ahsoka is it's not necessarily the end, you know, but it's it's more about the journey with Anakin and trying to bring out, you know, more of of uh, kind of like help us get to know Anakin better through this Padawan, a different side of Anakin. Um, see maybe why he he might e- be more likely to go to the dark side because he you know not only does you know Padme die and Obi Wan quote unquote betrays him and stuff, but you know, he, from his perspective, um, but he, uh, you know, his Padawan leaves him, never comes back, um, not really comes back, you know, um, and that sort of thing. So, like, I... I, On the flip side, though, while it, while it can, I can see it fueling Darth Vader's 
anger issues, you know, fear, anger, hatred, and suffering. However, I think Ahsoka is both simultaneously, Anakin takes that and uses that to fuel his anger and his hatred. But he also, I think, well, better phrasing it, she plays such a significant role in his life in helping him to become a better person, that he has a better foundation for redemption. So, mm-hmm. and, a, uh, and a greater yeah. fall, a, gra- a greater yeah. fall. Yes. It makes yes. the fall more tragic because of that. And that's without quite one thing that Clone Wars has accomplished is it has made real the true tragedy of Anakin Skywalker, the hero falling, mm-hmm. and 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 you see and it uh, and it delves into Palpatine's manipulation and and whether it's a she gives him a a glimmering moment of redemption or even if she showcases the full um, dark side mm-hmm. fall of of Vader. Either of those extremes, it, the fact that they don't meet or interact um, outside of the briefly in the one episode um, when she gets the five of first half mm-hmm. is is just heartbreaking to me. Yeah, and I think that's one of the weird things about the the difficult things about this show. It's such a big ensemble cast, and a and there's so many different plot threads going on with the show. You know, we take a random episode and just go to check in with this random character, you know, random background Jedi and have a whole episode or two about them or a whole arc. Um, and we did kind of, the show did kind of bounce around like that. And ultimately at the end, uh, you know, I, Dave Filoni has talked about this. Uh, I think he actually talked about this at the Bad Batch screen and kind of alluded to it. He didn't explicitly, explicitly say anything uh, about the Siege of Mandalore. But um, the, the, the Clone War, uh, Revenge of the Sith is Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme's story and, and really Yoda and, and Mace Windu and all the big Jedi. Uh, their story ends in Revenge of the Sith and he can't really retell it um, because then yes. it would also feel like it, 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 it would kind of fall flat. It's like, oh, I've already seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so he has to leave that story for Revenge of the Sith. And so he's basically telling the story where they set up all of these characters, all these dynamics, and then we get up to the end and they basically have to explain it away in dialogue um, or, or very brief scenes where you don't actually see them, but maybe you, maybe you hear a call or whatever, as we've saw, seen in the Siege of Mandalore, where it's like, yeah, General Grievous, the, the big bad guy you guys have been fighting all season, he's captured. Uh, Count Dooku, he's dead. Um, you know, Obi-Wan, he's off to, uh, to, to Utapau. Uh, Anakin, uh, we see kind of, we, we don't actually if you're a, a kid who's never seen the other Star Wars films, you don't even know that Vader's Anakin. Right. It's, you yeah. know, like, you just see Darth Vader walking and picking up a lightsaber. It's only because we know everything else that's happened. Uh, and it's a very interesting problem. Like, how do you end a series where you really can't tell the end of any of your major characters? And all the major villains and all the major heroes kind of have to be wrapped up, wrapped up off screen in some ways. It's a tough it's- problem to solve. And no, it, it's an impossible it's yeah. an impossible problem to solve yeah. that's kind of what i'm right. i'm kind of working through this therapeutically with you guys live on air <laughs> but it is it's like one thing i just never really thought about it. and if i thought about it going in it maybe may not have hit me as hard but like the way maul's story is open to continue and the way ahsoka's is open to continue there's 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 not really another way of 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 doing it 
mm-hmm. um, other than the epic Ahsoka versus Vader fight. But you know, that's not that, that, <laughs> right. I guess right. it's never going to happen. Well, and the, and the Rebels problem of now that they've done Rebels and they did that because they never thought they'd go back and do Clone Wars. They yeah, put that confrontation there. Yeah. Now it was a guys, big you That's got to be a Filoni thing. Like uh, they were going to do that battle and, mm-hmm. and they used it in Rebels. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. You might be so, right about that. I, it, I also like if, if we're talking about how you don't know that Ahsoka survives, this episode feels very different watching it. Imagine if you had not seen not just the Star Wars movies, but specifically Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, oh wow, I, I, like, I think that the episode is great on its own. Let's say that the only Star Wars thing you've ever watched is the Clone Wars. It holds a lot of meaning, but oh man, would you miss so much? Would you be left with so many questions? It comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. <laughs> you'd be like, wait wait, Vader, wait, Ahsoka survived. You would have all of these things like, wait, okay, yeah, wait, wait, wait Dooku, hold on. Grievous, yeah, and we right. don't see any of this? Yeah. What? But, but you see, that that is an issue to where Ahsoka Tano was never in, I'll just say it, episodes one, two, and three. She was only in the Clone Wars. If they were to somehow have had any kind of connection of her and Anakin at any point that affected anything within Sith, that's what our problem was. I think, Stephen, yep. you mentioned that Filoni walked a very fine line with this mm-hmm. because he knew he couldn't affect Sith in any way. And there was no way she could even, because we even saw last episode where Yoda sat there and said, do you want to tell Anakin anything? If she were to have told, if she would have even told Yoda, hey, this is what's probably going to happen to Anakin at some point because Maul said this. We all know Maul to the Jedi Council lies. We also all know that Maul tells the truth because flat out many times he's telling the truth and everything continues because he told the truth. But if that's the case, that would have affected Sith. He walked the fine line to where he kept a main character, a very beloved character from the animated series out of the actual live action series the best way he could. And it worked. The way I look at it, actually, is a combination, I think, of what you're all saying, which is Filoni had used his fundamental thing he had to figure out to do before all the stuff we've just talked about is he has to tell a compelling story that people want to watch. And it just so happens the best way to tell a compelling story is to tell a story where you actually have control over what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something I think we see throughout Rebel, not Rebel, excuse me, throughout the Clone Wars as we talked about, it, it started as very much this Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan show. And the farther along they got, I think the more they pivoted on telling stories about the clones, telling stories about Ahsoka, because these are stories that hadn't been told before. Mm-hmm. This was new ground where they could tell a story that yeah. no one had heard before. They you could chart a new course for it. Pardon and so I think it, it got oh, to the end and... Yeah, Mieber Gascon. <laughs> a critical character. But it it got to the point where I think this, I can't imagine this family have gone in, having gone any different. Right. Yeah. Because to do so would have been to hamper their ability to do the rest. Even if the, even if they had eight episodes to do it, I think they still would have made similar choices because they could never really show the Ahsoka v. Anakin fight. Right. At least not after they made Rebels. No. 
Right. You know? No, even yeah. before they made Rebels, I'm not sure you could have done it going into episode three. Uh, not before. Like, no, it would have been. It would have had to be like almost like a, a prologue, uh, an epilogue, where it's like, um, you know, sometime after Order sixty six. Ahsoka realizes that Anakin is Vader, somehow puts the pieces together, and maybe there's some sort of connection and he kills her or something. Like, I don't know. They, they could have done something like that, but... I think you're giving Filoni too little credit. Yeah. I think... I, and I don't know what point during Clone Wars, if it was season one and this was always a plan, or if this was something that maybe they changed or developed later on. But I honestly suspect that they always intended Ahsoka to live. And yes. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I suspect on top of that, they always expected Ahsoka to play another, a larger role in a future series. Um, and I'll just say, I don't think Rebels was the original intent. Um, really? And I don't think Rebels was meant to bring in Ahsoka. Uh, or maybe not meant to bring in Ahsoka, but like my, how to describe this? Like my gut feeling is that that was, something they added maybe a little bit later if like i don't know i'm sorry i'm kind of thinking aloud here but like i mean fulcrum hmm. was hinted at always as early as that's uh, true episode right. seven in season one and it, that if you i don't know if we un, if you unscramble it that is ashley Eckstein uh voicing it yeah but on top of that even the logo the, the logo once you look back at that was basically what's on ahsoka's face it's almost hmm. the same logo yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting to me. I'm like, I I think Dave always had big plans for, for Ahsoka, and Clone Wars was meant to be the launching point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to introduce a new pivotal character to the uh, franchise when they don't start as a new pivotal character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing to me about this episode was that I, I wasn't necessarily ex- ex- expecting, and I was... Surpri- surprised at first not disappointed just i was like huh i wasn't expecting that and that was just how open-ended it was you know we talked like we knew she was going to survive i honestly thought we'd go further past the end of the show and see like you know what happened to like would we see wolf and gregor show up mm-hmm. uh would we see you know her finding out i guess she, she you know finding out more about the empire uh, clearly, and like you know, Maul was right. That kind of shock and realization, because clearly she doesn't find out about about Vader until uh, uh, season two of of Rebels. She she's uh, the the it's, I think the second episode of season two. She's um, she's in the ship, and Vader's pursuing the the ghost, and she realizes she like senses Anakin in the forest, and she's like, oh my gosh. Um, so like obviously they can't like they, they can't find that out but i yeah i wasn't i guess i wasn't sure how much of how much of like the ruins of the jedi temple would we see or kind of setting up for the future and they didn't actually do a lot of that but i'm okay with that well then they would have been repeating what happened at the end of rebels because you had sabine wren sit there and give a whole dissertation about this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened where i have no problem with it being open-ended because now I think, didn't Dave Filoni say there are stories that can be told, but not within this medium. They can be told elsewhere. And we've already gotten a Soka book that kind of retconned her uh, quote-unquote death. Do we? Yeah. Well, but 
I know. I mean, think about it. I mean, that that is the Ahsoka novel, and it is there to where, you know, I think I brought it up in the last episode. Um, I think they got it wrong that basically Rex died because her lightsabers was left with Rex's helmet. Um, but then again, that was, you know, put to rest because Rex showed up in Rebels. And the Empire clearly knows he's alive because he's there with Gregor and he's there with Wolf. And they even contacted the Empire. And I think the Empire even made a joke about it. So... I have no problem with this being open ended. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it. I yeah. think it actually works incredibly well. I will say, I I did love the finale. Um, like it's, I said, it's, it's very interesting. Landing like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so interesting. So, so so to to get us back into the actual <laughs> episode because I really love this section. So Darth Maul was released to basically create havoc. What did you think about him taking out the hyperdrive room the way he did? My goodness, sir. That Bring just... it on. Let's talk about this one. This was great. He definitely it's... knows how to cause does just mass destruction. <laughs> Steven, you were going to say something? No, just I'm... It's one of those things that, like... I, th- I, mean, I feel like I read this somewhere, but like it's one of those things that like it feels like it's out of the Force Unleashed, right? You're just ripping mm-hmm. parts of the walls off. And not small parts of the wall, but like big honking generators. Um, it, you know. Okay. What about when he used the force on that one poor clone trooper to turn his weapon on the other three and nail the other three to the wall? One of them was a headshot, by the way. It's all just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and and totally, totally, like you said, reminded me of Force Unleashed. Yeah. And it, it sets up a really interesting visually a really interesting dynamic for the rest of the episode because mm. because they they basically rip the ship the 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 republic star destroyer out of hyperspace and which by the way that that animation and the, the visual as it like oh comes out of hyperspace and it's very cool oh falling apart as it came out of hyperspace with the clouds and the debris my god talk about Cinematography and animation outstanding. Kind of reminded me almost of the Holdo maneuver in terms of just like visual, you know. Yes. Um, but oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Uh, and and I, I I loved how we get this basically this um, slow crash toward a planet that then adds additional tension throughout the rest of the episode. That you know there was already a lot of tension where Rex and Ahsoka were facing off against their former friends. Maul's trying to escape and wreak havoc. But now to add on to this, you have a star destroyer that's going to crash into a moon. Uh, Not to worry, we're still flying half a ship. Exactly, and honestly, some nice symmetry with uh, you know um, with Revenge of the Sith in many ways. Yeah, you know, it's kind of doing it in Revenge of the Sith in reverse, almost. <laughs> yeah, if you if you think about it too, Dave Filoni has always had at least a little bit of a troll side of his nature, like a, a fun loving troll who's just like, well, do you know, do you not know? Is she dead? Are they dead? Are we going to have another, like I, Dave Filoni, his entire Star yes. Wars existence has just loved mildly trolling the fans with guesswork and hints and, you know, Star Wars, just just like little tidbits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So, so okay. So they Maul's often his thing, and, and he actually played a much smaller part in the final episode than I was expecting. Um, oh. Like he he basically tries to race off after the ship, after the shuttle, uh, after he destroys the hyperdrive generators, and um, and you know like Ahsoka has to go deal with him. But that's that's basically that's basically it. And, uh, and I really had no problem with that. No, because like really for the yeah, because the yeah. last three episodes, it was a lot of the focus between Maul and Ahsoka, and Maul basically telling the truth through three episodes. Right. Um. Yeah. And then with this one, I just he was there for his purpose to move the story forward, to create havoc like she wanted him to, and be brutal. Done. Yeah. I mean, we know he goes to Dathomir, and then continues leading uh, his criminal underworld as we saw in solo and eventually ends up in Malachor on Malachor and rebels. And we don't know what happens to him, but like there's enough there we can kind of fill in the, the, the pieces. And I would love to find out more about his backstory, but it kind of, it just, it just kind of ends um, pretty open-ended there. Um, well, hopefully at some point, like I said, there are stories that Dave said are meant to be told in other medium. Hopefully we'll get this at some point. Yeah, but I I did love the dynamic with uh, the clones in the hangar, uh, and I I know you mentioned Riley that they it would have been nice if they'd done it more. Um, but I think since the beginning of the siege of Mandalorian, we knew they're going to have to be building up to a confrontation with uh, with Jesse. And that is that is what we got, and I I I, re- I really loved the the scene. Yeah, it was my favorite scene, like the uh, uh, in terms of the dynamic of the clones, because that is where we actually get like that face off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. At least, even if it wasn't quite as um, there wasn't as much background or weight to it, but there, you, there was still that sense that you know Jesse's um, I don't know he's he's irredeemable and he's sort of the face uh, ironically because he's wearing the helmet and Rex is not <laughs> but he's the face of the clones who are under the spell mm-hmm. and I, I have to say I really really appreciate the fact that multiple times throughout or I shouldn't say multiple times but like during that conversation we talked about it and kind of like oh what if uh, <laughs> look Ahsoka's not really a Jedi it's okay mm-hmm. Yep. and I, I love that there's like Rex tried that, and no. Right. That's, a, that's, yeah. that's dumb. No. But he, he not only tried like, that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Jesse even turned it back on him. Right. And, and said, I, you're the one that gave the order. And the fact that they the fact that they brought it up was just perfect, given that it's a it's been a big fan theory. Like, well, she's technically not a Jedi. So, yeah, you know, the clones be like, I'm oh, pushing. JK, we're not going to kill you, you know. Um, and no, no, that's not the case at all. And I just I, I appreciated it. I thought it was a nice mm-hmm. uh, kind of nod to a lot of the theories that that Rex even uses that as a stalling tactic, you know, knowing yeah. it wouldn't work, but that it, you know it would it would give them time for the for the droids to to do their thing. And the one thing I really liked is when Jesse basically sat there and just said, "Enough is enough." You know what, Rex? You are in violation of Order sixty six. Oh. You're going to be demoted. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. I just love how Rex kind of turned to Ahsoka and said, yeah, I didn't want to be a commander anyway. <laughs> Which, you know, in Rebels, he calls himself Captain Rex. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if uh, uh, he he kind of took the demotion anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, uh, well, he never liked that title anyway. Exactly. <laughs> good good callback, both of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, guys, I I hate to I hate to butt in real quick, but uh, unfortunately. Uh, duty calls here on the uh, on the East Coast. It's gotten a little late, but uh, through the magic of the internet, uh, William, I know you've got my kind of final thoughts patched in for the end of the episode. So I just want to say thanks for having me on, guys. Seriously, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to listen back to uh, all of this awesome conversation about Clone Wars. And uh, thanks for being my uh, Star Wars therapist. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you for joining. Really. It's, always, it's always such a great time to have you on. And... Uh, we know, we know that uh, the Empire is actually coming after you, uh, so <laughs> please don't die during Order Sixty Six. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Tarkin. Yes, <laughs> will do. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, well, uh, we are sad to see uh, Riley go, but uh, duty calls. And um, uh, speaking of duty calling, uh, Jesse is uh, is forced to. That's got to be the worst segue we've ever had. Uh, but this is the last episode of the Clone Wars, so there we go. Um, the uh, uh, Rex uh, again. We we started talking about this a little bit just a minute ago, but I just loved the scene in the in the hangar with Rex and Ahsoka at at gunpoint, um, and. You know the 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 whole time you get like the the shot of the moon in the background, like with the hangers stretching far off into the distance. It's just it's just gorgeous, and the the fact that you know the fact that we get to see one of those clones we've known for a while, Jesse, being the one to like try to. I mean, at this point, they they know that Rex is helping out Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. It it is pretty heartbreaking. It's it's so sad to see. Again, it it gets back to the the last episode where you had Rex give the whole dissertation about, you know, clones are loyalty. They're this. They're that. You know, and and he even said it himself. Those are his brothers that are out there. So it is very heartbreaking to see Rex go through this because he also knows that they're doing it against their will. Yeah. It is a chip inside their head. He's the only one out of all those clones that had the chip removed. Yeah. It's, it's painful to watch. It is. Like, it's really hard. I mean, actually, oh, man, I hesitate to use this analogy, but, like, this is the, like, fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar. It, this is Rex yeah. calling out to his literal brothers and knowing that they can't hear him. And if they yeah. can, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't reason it out. And there's nothing they can do. There's absolutely nothing they yeah. can do yeah like, they and don't ahsoka have and Go rex ahead. both know that because they both know that rex was trying to kill ahsoka too mm-hmm. so there, yeah. there's like there's literally nothing any of them can do or even attempt without getting the chips out of their heads yeah right All they that, can... that fight scene in the hangar though i mean that's just you want to talk about a gauntlet that both Rex and Ahsoka had to go through. Thankfully, they had the droids helping them, but which is to classic, sit there and have classic Rex Star Wars. Face, face the brothers like that, just man. And I really appreciated how they made it a big ordeal to escape Order sixty six. It wasn't simple, you know. It was it was basically an episode and a half, uh, yeah. of 
escaping Order 66 and all the things Ahsoka had to do to get out of there. And I, I, I really appreciated that because it could have been easy just to say like, oh yeah, Ahsoka escapes or, or, you know, they, they just reason with, you know, Rex and it's like, oh yeah, see, Ahsoka's not a Jedi. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, and they holster their blasters and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And no, you know, they didn't make it easy. They, they, it was very tense. Um, There was a lot that they had to go through. Ahsoka had to free Rex and, or or had to uh, corner Rex, uh, find out information about the chips corner Rex get removed from his head then they had to get to the hangar you know get all the way down to the surface of the of the of the planet and you know they were being confronted with clones and Maul and everything every single step of the way and and you brought up Maul Maul was the one that actually took the shuttle because they really had an opportunity to get out of there when they were in the bay Ahsoka told the droids to find a shuttle they found a shuttle and then that's when all the clone troopers, when they open the one door, there's all the clones. But the one that actually got away to use the shuttle was Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and it's you know, it, not gonna it, lie, that was really frustrating to watch. <laughs> I was just like, no, no, get back here, stop. Yeah, and I, you know, and to Soka's credit, like she tries to stop him. She runs after him, and he like throws her back. She uses the force, and we get that great scene where she's like. He, using everything she can to to hold to hold them all back and the only reason she fails primarily is because Rex starts taking fire he, he actually like takes a couple shots uh, and, and and starts getting hurt and and she has to make a choice do I kill Maul or, or try to prevent Maul and have re- sacrifice Rex in the process or do I let Maul escape and try to do something else with Rex? And I do good. really appreciate the the uh, why do I keep still want to say Revenge of Skywalker and that's not right. Why did they make Episode Nine and Episode Three of such similar titles? <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, like the kind of uh, when she's literally trying to use the Force to pull Maul's shuttle back in before it fails, was just again super cool to see. Yeah, it it was it was and and the way they creatively used all of the um the the trap doors or like the you know like on a on a, an aircraft carrier right they you have the oh. platforms that go down underneath so you can get all the the, the aircraft elevators yeah uh, how they use those aircraft elevators to basically drop and then throw the the clones up to different levels to have fewer uh, uh fewer enemies to fight did you hear the chuckle uh, from one of the droids one of the droids i swear to god must have been in dave filoni's droid chuckling when really? i think one of them <laughs> dropped it was the best let me tell you tom they weren't chuckling for long oh no they weren't no and because i go ahead this may like legitimately be the worst part of the episode and not like in terms of like oh it wasn't very good but in terms of like wow i can't believe they went there the the shot where jesse and the other clones are finally like oh we figured out why these elevators keep dropping or not uh-huh. it's the droids yeah. Oh look, the droids have surrendered. Good thing we don't take prisoners. Yep. And then the off-camera shot as they start shooting, I'm just like, I can't believe they just shot that. Yeah. Like, legitimately, I think it's like I realize in terms of how television ratings work. Like, oh, they're not living, so it's okay. I think they could have got like, if they'd <laughs> done that shot, like I'm trying to think how to phrase this. You could have shown the clones shooting like other clones like that, and we'd be right. like, yeah, whatever. 
yeah. the fact that they did it in droids. Okay, but realize if you go it's to Sith, just... but if you go to Revenge of the Sith, they were doing that with actual Jedi Masters, the exact same thing. Oh yeah, and and I think right. it was yeah, I think it was Alias Secure Ooh, where they point. actually had her on the ground, and they just regardless she was on the ground, they kept going. Oh, yeah, you're it's right. Actually, just, it was a very huh? similar shot. I didn't yeah. I didn't put that together. Uh, but uh, yeah. Also, yeah. the moment when Ahsoka and Rex are surrounded by the clones, she uses the force to like cut the hole in the ground with her lightsabers. That was cool. We've seen Jedi do that type of thing, but like cut holes with lightsabers before. Never with the force, and where she's like kind of holding the lightsabers out like away from her. Yeah, and like spinning. Oh, it was just. It was very well done. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah, and and I liked how they. You know, on the like you were mentioned, the elevators going up and down, almost, almost like the, the aircraft carrier, where the aircraft carrier is on the second deck, is where you normally have your um, maintenance hangers, and that's where they ended up. And it was true; it was full maintenance hangers down there because that was the only way for Ahsoka and Rex to get out was to find a ship. Now that Maul left, they needed to find a ship to get out, and sadly, all the ships down there were in maintenance except for one Y-wing. Oh, and just watching like that entire sequence as the ship starts plummeting into the atmosphere, and you're just yeah. watching the it tilt, and Ahsoka's desperately trying to, you know, get on board is just oh, the entire time is like oh, please just get just get in the ship, please. Yeah, and, and the, I was like, the, yes, she's in, and oh my god, she's in space. <laughs> the the imagery and the storyline and the music all really harkens to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Like, e- even from, mm-hmm. you know, you have the ship falling out of the sky, um, the the music being as somber as it was, and and I just, just wow. Because <laughs> I actually went and watched some of Revenge of the Sith afterwards, too, and, yeah, it, it perfectly tied in as much as we've talked about how from a viewer perspective, if you have or have not watched the movies, if you have or have not watched Rebels, uh, if you know of Ahsoka's survival or not, how that changes the viewing experience, just imagine being Dave Filoni and having to navigate all of that <laughs> and think mm-hmm. through all of the options. Yeah. And, and yet he still managed to make a finale that was tense and exciting, even though we knew at this point, pretty much everyone that would survive and, and die, you know, uh, and yet it was still tense. Like, you know, when, when Ahsoka is jumping into the air and like trying to catch onto the Y wing and, um, you know, struggling and Rex is trying to like fly the Y wing right below her so that she can grab onto the cockpit. Like it's, you still are on the edge of your seat, Leonard. Like, mm-hmm almost thinking will they make it even though in the back of your head you know of course they make it It i think the best thing and it was a great call back to caesar mandalore was when she was running through the debris Mm -hmm. of the star destroyer just to get to that y-wing i mean just i mean that again i get back to the cinematography the storyboarding everything in this episode clicked so well and how they were able to pull this off and the the one thing that i know this is crazy but I thought was kind of funny. I thought it was funny was when she, that first time she got to the Y wing, grabbed onto it, just had it. And all of a sudden the quickness in her disappearing off to the screen, right. Was just, 
amazing because it was like blink she was gone yeah one she's of the got other things I re- yeah yeah Go one of things i really appreciated was there's um a couple of moments where you're watching and you kind of have this feeling of like wow there's a lot of debris there like how is she not like getting hurt and then the immediately next shot as you can see how scuffed and dirty she is from flying yep. through all this junk you're just like oh they t- they did think of that mm-hmm. of course they thought of that and animated it and gave you the detail and ah perfect yeah you can tell they really went above and beyond and animated this like a movie. And I, I, I only wish we could have seen it like a movie because, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad they we got the two, we got the uh, the the last two episodes within like you know three days of each other, uh, Friday and Monday. Um, but you know, because I think I think that that helps a little bit because they really are a two parter. But you could have almost aired it at once. Yeah. Um, just just given how cinematic it is and how closely these two tie together. I think for me, and I know we won't see it, I'd love to see them release it, all four episodes together, without the other three episodes, with the Lucasfilm Clone Wars title card. Just boom, 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 into the episode. I think that would be, one, the most heartbreaking Star Wars movie anybody has ever seen. On top of that being the most intense Star Wars movie you have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. May put a couple live action films, you know, to shame. But anyway, that's my point of view. But I would love to see that. So would I. So would I. So oh, how man. about that ending? Oh, uh, I just mean, before before the the final, final ending. There's, yeah, there's yeah, no, shots uh, as they're as they bury the other clones in oh, yeah. the sea of helmets. Oh. And one of the things that, that actually occurred to me as we were watching this is I was like, you know, I remember I remember when we that first trailer we got for the Clone Wars was all the helmets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how many times they've used that imagery throughout just these like couple of episodes of, oh, it's oh, it's look, it's all of the helmets. The clones line up to see Ahsoka. Oh, and they've painted it to look like Ahsoka's helmet mm-hmm. and to have it end with this like, oh, it's all of the helmets just the helmets because that's all that's left just that is the gut punch now under the that's way when like ahead, you can feel the weight of order 66 in that moment in a way that like oh look ayla sakura that jedi that had a couple of comics and books that you maybe you're a big fan of and most likely haven't read a lot of is dead oh that sucks mm-hmm. oh it's coyote Mooney, the guy with the really funny tall forehead is dead oh that sucks <laughs> this is the moment where you're just like yep I feel Order 66 now. I get it. Yeah, and it's the people who are who are doing the killing of Order 66 right. that you're now mourning in this case. Because yeah, you know they didn't have control over it. Um, yeah. And so it's a great twist where we're not mourning like Ahsoka or Rex. We're mourning the people who are trying to kill them. Uh, but and, and, and we're seeing Ahsoka's face on all of the helmets on those stakes. Yeah. You know, and that th- they went and, and kind of tried to create a memorial for and whereas you know the mandalorian had stormtrooper helmets on stakes that was supposed to appear threatening and scary uh again some nice symmetry now this is more heartbreaking yeah yeah well and when you think about it in the sense of how we see ahsoka and rex in star wars rebels they're character differences if you will make sense 
like this fundamentally changed them as human beings. I mean, it didn't change them into bad people, but I mean, Rex is kind of weird in Rebels and Ahsoka is a far cry from, you know, the snips and then the maturing Padawan that we see mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars up through season five. In season six, we see a lot more change. And now in this season, like she is no longer the Ahsoka of the past. It's almost like at this point, it was a break. It's not her breaking point, but it's a break for her to realize that now it's like, okay, what do I do? I mean, she's standing there in front of all these helmets. She takes a look at her lightsaber. And I think the best thing about that shot is instead of her turning the hand over and just dropping it, is how she just opened the palm and you see it just fall. It's almost like that, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I can't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but it it worked on very many levels. It, Ahsoka has changed at this point going forward. And now she's got to figure out who she is because even she said she's not a Jedi anymore. She's quote unquote a citizen. So now she's got to figure out going forward who she is. Yeah, and I think that there are cracks, if you will, in the souls of Ahsoka and Rex at this yeah. point in time, and they never fully heal. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's one of the hardest sequences, I think, to watch at the end. And in some ways, like we were talking earlier about how it's kind of an open-ended, it that makes it almost worse. Mm-hmm. Because it, mm-hmm. we don't... It's easier to think of the Jedi. I agree! Like, <laughs> yeah. if Ahsoka had died... You'd be like, oh, well, she went out fighting like she lived, you know. But instead, you get to, even knowing that she has kind of a redemption in Rebels and, you know, is still alive at the end of Rebels, too. Like, there's, there, you can feel just how impactful this event is. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, finish it, because I, I, I gotta. I, I'm repeating myself to some degree, but like. If you told me I needed, like, hey, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you seven seasons worth of story to make you really understand why Order 66 is so terrible. I've been like, okay, sure. Like, what are you going to do that's going to make me feel that as deeply? But it adds so much to episode three. Yeah. And I think what makes this final sequence work it was not done with dialogue. Mm-hmm. It was done through music. It was done through, I'm going to say, acting. And it was done through visuals. Yeah. And that is what really made this whole sequence, when you saw that Star Destroyer destroyed. That, you that saw those shot. clone helmets. Oh, was great. Yeah. The, the clone helmets on top of the, the, the spikes, you know, and and just the nonverbal and the just the acting they were able to put within these characters said an awful lot. And even when you get to the point to where time passes, there's still no dialogue. And yeah. it gets even more impactful. Yeah. No, I I I I really did love it. I mean on the one hand I was kind of wishing we'd gotten wolf and gregor because like how, how did they escape order 66 or did they right. go through with it and then only later uh rex found them and pulled the chip out there's 
you know, how did they, how did they end up on, uh, you know, how did, how did Ahsoka, uh, did they, how long did they stay there? Did they leave? Did Ahsoka decide, I'm going to go do this, you know, I'm going to go help form the resi- the, the rebel Alliance with, uh, as Fulcrum. And we get hints of that and we don't have to get the story and I'm okay that we mm-hmm. didn't get the story, but I was certainly expecting a little bit more wrap up and again, I think it's okay. Um, but it was, it was definitely a bit of a surprise. Um, actually, as I was initially watching the episode, I was wondering, is the planet they land on, Celos, the moon they land on, the Celos where we see Rex in Rebels, mm-hmm. um, they visually are very similar, especially from, from, from orbit. And yeah, 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 we see, we see snow on this planet and Celos is a desert planet, but like there's different parts of the planet and you know, not all planets are one biome. Um, heresy. That's an in- <laughs> but that's an interesting question. Like, we we may not know. Yeah, the the, the everything uh, official so far just calls it the a moon. Um, part of me wonders, like, is it Celos, where like Rex just crashed there and kind of basically decided to live there forever? Um, the in Rebels though, they do talk about how Rex uh, was last seen in the Celos system, but like he it sounded like he was bouncing around a little bit. We don't know about Wolf and Gregor. So n- now I'm starting to suspect it's maybe not Celos, even though they seem very similar visually. Um, but I don't know. I could, I could see it, I guess. I, d- I do wonder, though, why do you think... Why bury the clones and only, and only drop one lightsaber? Because She then, lost one. Did she yeah. lose the other one? Yeah, yeah, she lost one of them. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Okay, <laughs> well that that explains it then. <laughs> Ta-da! Um, yeah. But yeah, it does seem to indicate that maybe they're alive if they if they bury by burying the clones. The great I visual. Think, I think she was willing to take the risk, mm-hmm. and I think that is a part of her breaking a little bit in this episode. Is even though her, even though Ahsoka and Rex go through with fighting for their lives and escaping the cost is so high like they they're both willing particularly ahsoka to risk their lives mm-hmm. and have rex put his uh set his to stun and they're willing to risk burying their comrades that they had a part in essentially slaughtering if 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 you want to see it from that perspective and I, th- I think that they don't have an emotional choice and they're willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And I think for Ahsoka, because she fought with them for so long, up until a certain point, they had a lot of respect for her. Take a look at that whole 501st, like like you said, they painted their helmets to look just like her. She still had respect for them because she knew deep down inside this was against their will. Mm-hmm. She went so far to not kill them this is very fitting for her to do. And then on top of that, you could still have that little thing saying, even though the lightsaber was left on the ground, is it proof she's still alive? It could have been one of the other clones who did it. It could have been Rex who did it. Mm -hmm. So there really is no proof other than the dropping of the lightsaber that she quote unquote is still alive. Yeah. What do you think she was trying to leave it behind us? as a hint that she died or, or kind of giving up her Jedi past. I think it was giving up. I, I think, think it was, it, 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's the turning point in her right now to where she knows she's not a Jedi anymore. She already she already proved to Mace Windu, or Mace Windu basically threw it back to her. She's a citizen in the Republic. So this is a point to where let's just say she's on a walkabout. Also, just gonna like throw throw in there that Mace is a little bit of a jerk. I, I <laughs> oh, still God. think he's a bit of a jerk. Oh God! Last episode, man. <sighs> yeah. Big time. I still like Mace, but yes, he was a little harsh. <laughs> I, was I like a little him, harsh. but he—he's—he's he's one of those people where if you are friends with somebody like Mace Windu, you fairly regularly have to like rein them in and be like, "Come on, now, you can tone it down a significant amount." <laughs> that's a great. It's a great analogy. It's a great description of Mace. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Also, one one other touch before you dive into the 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 the, the epilogue, uh, I I loved how we see Ahsoka wearing her poncho, which yeah. very much felt like the end of Rebels as well. There was a nice symmetry there, a very nice symmetry. Kind of, it's like her her series finale yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's actually starting it is, another it is journey. Almost a. Yeah. It's almost a self, a self-soothing type of thing too. Like wrapping herself up tightly in a cloak. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's almost like a gesture of familiarity, of comfort, of warmth, of yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we get okay. So, were you expecting the flash forward? For some reason, I was. I was not. I was not. I was not at all. I wasn't ready. And seeing the Empire, seeing Vader return to the exact same spot where Ahsoka and Rex were is... Okay, so first question, when does this take place? Presumably That's a very good question later? that I don't know how to answer. So I, I think there's two options. One is it's immediately... And actually, I should say... but. Both are heartbreaking in their own way. So option one is it takes place immediately after episode three. Vader has just become, I mean, I should say Anakin has just become Darth Vader. And he goes in search of the last person that he thinks might still care about him and finds her lightsaber and presumes her dead, basically. The other option is it's after he discovers she's alive and rebels and he goes to determine what happened to her which is equally kind of heartbreaking, but in a different way. Interesting. I hadn't considered the second option. They, they both hurt. <laughs> yeah. I assumed it was the former and that he somehow got news of like, uh, of, of the ship's crash and went to go investigate to see if, if she's alive or if she died and what happened to her. Uh, maybe thinking he could even turn her, you know. Um, I don't know. And then and then he finds her lightsaber, and does he does he think she's dead? Does he think she's alive? I'm not sure. He he clearly seems surprised when he says the apprentice lives in in Rebels season two. Well, that's why. I, it but it could be because he hasn't be heard from her in a while after he discovers Ahsoka is alive. Yeah. But yeah, I, 
I don't know. Wow. It's the fact that the, all of the helmets have been covered kind of implies it's been a little bit at least, but I guess it's probably been a couple I guess it's probably been a couple months because like, you know, he just had his whole body rebuilt. He was burned alive. His wife died. Uh, it's true. Know. Maybe not quite ready That's to He's sent after a whole bunch of Jedi world. and he's like, "Oh yeah, that Ahsoka. <laughs> I got to go find out what happened to her." Okay, but okay, throw this one out there. Do you think he was actually looking for uh, any proof that Ahsoka lived or died, or do you think it was just they were just going to old Clone Wars uh, sites? I think you want to know. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. I mean, and whether he's looking because he wants to kill her or because he's uh, hoping she's alive, I think, depends on what time it is. But in either way, it's just painful. Yeah. And it's such a powerful scene to have it just no dialogue, just watching Vader see the the life he has created for himself. And yeah. picking yeah. And and picking up the lightsaber that he gave Ahsoka. He he held on to for oh, Ahsoka. I forgot about that. Tweaked, yep. you know, changed the colors of it. And and now it's dead. It kind of brings it full circle in many ways. The circle is now complete. And the fact that the convoy just flies overhead and lets out a cry is just the perfect uh, way to, to end it all up. Because the convoy was always a symbol of Ahsoka in many ways. Morai was Ahsoka's friend and helped her out. And it's like a perfect Ahsoka still lives uh, reminder. Do you think yeah. uh, Vader? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Bethany. I feel like Vader must have known somehow because he he was so connected with Ahsoka and he I, I don't know like yes the condor was there her lightsaber was there the clones were buried I feel like in some ways he might know even if he doesn't know for sure I, yeah, that's. I get yeah. the sense he probably has a feeling that maybe she's, maybe she's still alive. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's great, and the fact that the camera just pans in on the lone clone trooper helmet, painted orange, as Darth Vader walks away through the through the snow, silhouetted in the visor, is just the perfect final shot for this series. Yeah. yeah. Dave Filoni was able to go out the way he wanted to. Yeah. Should we get into ratings? Yeah. And I think, uh, Bethany, would you be up for going first? Yeah, can do. So, so what would you give it? Out of 10 inconsolably sobbing Womprats. <laughs> uh, I would give it a solid nine. Okay. It was such an emotionally impactful episode that even if I, I had expectations that were different, even if navigating the, the storyline of this particular time in Star Wars in the movies, the books, the comics, 
the TV shows, plural, mm-hmm. it for me it had such an impact. I mean, I've I've been with this series for so long. The series itself means so much to me, even beyond Star Wars. And so it's a call back to Clone Wars panels at celebrations, to conversations with friends, to some of our first recordings together years and years ago. And to see particularly that in scene with Rex and Ahsoka in some ways that impacted me even more than Vader at the end because I really associate Ahsoka and Rex with the Clone Wars series. Um, but and, and I thought it was so incredibly well done. The acting, the dialogue, the weaving of the Revenge of the Sith storyline into it, uh, showing Rex's and Ahsoka's approach Um and Maul as well. Maul was quite well done. But yeah, 9 out of 10. I love it. Cool. I, I did. So I loved this episode. I know I kind of went back and forth a lot uh, throughout the episode. Um, and, and thanks for being my virtual uh, Clone Wars therapy. <laughs> um, but it is. It's, it's one of those that there, I think there, this series has such a weight on me as a fan that that's why I had such a... Um, Frankly, high expectations, and I did, I did love the series finale, and I did find the um, the final moments with Vader so poignant, and I, and they they point to the the larger Star Wars saga in the in the films, and and the inevitable, um, I guess redemption of Anakin, like because it really does point that direction. It's it's that wistful look, even though it's not even a look, that Vader gives to the lightsaber. Um, as he ignites it, and you can just—it's almost like in that moment that Vader ignites the lightsaber. The f- flooded memories of all of the last few years of his life um, and his adventures with Ahsoka had to have flashed before his eyes. So, in that way, I, that was my favorite aspect of the finale. Um, even though there was, a, it, it was very open-ended, and we kind of discussed it's—it's it's kind of impossible to have the, the the completely satisfying ending especially with the way that Ahsoka's story and Rex's story and Maul's story are all so open-ended but um having said that I think the the power of the story is through Ahsoka's relationship with Anakin and even though we didn't get to see as much of it as I would have liked um I think that's still the most powerful a- aspect and that's what really carried the episode for me personally um you, you, you're really forced to kind of, I guess, experience that journey through Ahsoka's perspective alone instead of seeing the outstanding players that are, you know, off doing their own adventures during the time of Revenge of the Sith. So having said all that, uh, I got to say, I've given it um, seven out of ten womp rats crying single tears at the loss of uh, innocence. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> that, that the series is now given. Yeah, it's it's uh it's hard to believe it's it's over. Tom, you know, if it wasn't for this show, we wouldn't be on this podcast. So, I, I'm gonna have to. I can't give it more than ten. So I have to give this episode a ten. Um, 
I can't believe that we are literally talking about the last of the Clone Wars episodes tonight. Um, and it's been how many years we've been doing this show. I wish I could give it the amount of years we've done the show, but 10 is our highest rating. Um, so I, I have to give it a 10 because, man, you want to talk about somebody who wanted to tell a great story and go out on his own terms. I've got to give this Dave Filoni. He really wrapped up a very beloved series in the only way possible. And that was with outstanding animation, outstanding voice directing, outstanding writing, outstanding music, and knowing when dialogue made a point and dialogue didn't need to happen. And this episode, in my opinion, hit everything. So that's why I have to give it a 10. And my 10 Womp Rats, I don't know what I want to do with them. Part of me wants to say that they were the guys who, who, who did the orchestration for the music. Part of me wanted to say they were the guys who told Dave to cut back on the dialogue. Part of me just wants to take the Womp Rats, and they're the ones that were actually in the, in the um, elevator shaft. When the elevator shaft went down, they were underneath it, so they got flattened. So take your pick. I have no idea what I want to do with my 10 Womp Rats. So out of those three choices, that's what's going to happen to them. It doesn't mean there's 30 of them. It's still 10. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was just, you're right, Tom. This was just such an incredible episode. This entire arc, I think, fired on all cylinders. And it's it's a challenge wrapping up this series. And I I think they did a fantastic job, especially given what we know now, what happens in rebels. Um, you know, like it, it definitely made it difficult, but the, the ending of the show was just perfect. You know, I, I, I don't think we could have asked for a, a better ending. Um, uh, you know, yes, I would love to know what happens to Ahsoka after this and it would have been great to see her, I don't know, go to Coruscant and, see the destruction and really let that sink in. But I, I thought, you know, for what it is, it was, it was perfect. It, they did a great job. The animation was incredible. The music was fantastic. Some of the most unique star Wars music, probably of all time, um, almost had like a synth vibe to it at, at times. Um, really, really well done. Um, so yeah, I, man, I gotta give it. I gotta give it ten Womp Rats out of ten. And my, I think my ten Womp Rats are going to, um, they're gonna help Ahsoka. Uh, well, actually, sorry, no, they're they. Darth Vader hired the ten. He brought the team in of ten Womp Rats to uh, kind of clear the area of the snow because uh, you know there's there's a lot of snow on top of those those helmets that they had to kind of dig down through to to find the lightsabers and everything else. So the, the, the Womp Rat team came in and cleared things out. Very nice. Steven. I guess that leaves it to me, doesn't it? So I think I'm going to have to give this, I think I just have to give it a 10. Um, in no way is it a, a perfect conclusion to the Clone Wars. Um, I don't know that it's really possible to have a perfect 
series finale just because at the end of the day it's your one of your favorite shows ending and if you care that much about it there's the fact that it's just it there's no more is always going to be kind of a knock against it um but we've talked about this a long time like when we found out clone wars was coming back it is so rare that a show gets to end on its own terms and i am beyond overjoyed that clone wars got the opportunity to end as dave filoni intended um and they did an amazing job with it. And this episode was about as perfect as I could have asked for. Um, so I'm gonna give it a 10. I don't actually really have anything fancy to do with my Womp Rats, just in solitude of what this episode was and what it means. Um, I'll just leave you with a note that, you know, Dave Filoni can't do it alone. And let's just say he's got 10 very uh, small furry helpers that are instrumental in making the Clone Wars happen. <laughs> Works for me. Nice. Oh, this is such a such a good arc. Um, we will be we'll we'll probably take a, a week or two off, and then we'll come back with our our series. Uh, sorry, season seven recap. Our full thoughts on how season seven went. You've heard a little bit about it, but we'll dive into it in more detail. And then uh, we'll, then after that, we'll have our our uh, summer break with a couple episodes here and there for you know, some of the big releases or, or big news. But uh, so, st- so stay tuned for that uh, in, a, in a couple weeks, but, but first we want to thank you, Riley and Bethany for, for joining. This was so much fun to have you, you on. It really was for, especially for such a, a special end to the, to a, a beloved series. Thank you so much for having us. Um, it means a lot to me that, you guys would invite us back for this particular episode. And so I'm honored and it was fun. It was sad. It was good. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this, what a great show and what a great group of folks who run it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And and you know that you and Riley are always welcome to come on on the show. So thank you. Anytime, anytime. Anytime. Do you want to uh, tell people where they can where they can find you? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll I'll keep it to two two plugs. Uh, one, StarWarsReport.com. You already listen here to Ion Candy. You can check out all the cool podcasts we have there and uh, a bunch of content that's all available right there. It's easy to find. StarWarsReport.com. And uh, number two, uh, we just did a fun little um, Revenge of the Sith themed uh, series of episodes on the Star Wars Report. Uh, it's the most recent two episodes, actually, as you're listening to this podcast. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, and you can listen to that or actually what I want to point you to, a little insider knowledge. I just made available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, I just made it free and open to anybody who wants to download it. The full two and a half hour conversation and commentary that me, Bruce Gibson, and Aaron Goins, uh, and my wife, Savannah, gave of revenge of the sith right after having watched this finale so it's us Ooh. talking revenge of the sith during the course of uh, may may 5th as we celebrated listen we're not we're too hipstery we didn't celebrate may the 4th we went hashtag revenge of the fifth <laughs> so uh, that if you want you can actually if you want to sync up and watch on disney plus you can and the only way to do that is just download the mp3 it's for free. it's available to anybody for free at patreon.com slash star wars report very cool love it uh, yes, you can find me online at starsreport.com. Uh, it's been a while, but I occasionally do podcasting and writing over there. 
And I have a Twitter account and an Instagram account at Bethany L. Blanton. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, definitely uh, give uh, both of both of you a follow and it's a, uh, it's, it's so much fun having you both on. Yeah. So thanks for, thank you for joining us for this very, very special series finale. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe it's over. It's okay. Yeah, we, we still have one more episode to talk about Clone Wars and, and recap the season. Yeah, but that recaps the season. I mean, that's not recapping the actual no. show. It is kind. Of, it is kind of not saying it's bittersweet because yes, you are right. We do have one more episode to basically wrap up the the season, but it is kind of bittersweet that this is the last episode of the Clone Wars we're going to get. It is. It really is. Oh, well, and with that, uh, we'll be back in uh, a little bit with our recap of the Clone Wars. Season 7. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.